0: That's n o o m dot com to sign up today.
1: What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from Pitchers My name is Nick Pollock. Today, we're going to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays as we're close to finishing our series. We the Washington Nationals tomorrow. Then that's that's it for the Plus Pitch Podcast for a little bit. I'm going to take some time off with it uh, and return probably back in March. I might have a rare podcast here and there in February. Uh, just any quick thoughts that I want to have on things. But uh, for the most part, I'll be back in March when spring training is happening and to talk about a few things um, there. And then, of course, in season, every single Monday through Friday through the year, I'll be doing the SP Roundup. I'll be doing the streamers for the day, as well as any other insights that I have that you should be aware of. Um, It's a morning podcast. We'll probably come around uh, 11 a.m. every morning uh, in season. So be on the lookout for that one. Uh, But anyway, we're going to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays. And thank you all so much uh, yesterday for leaving your ratings and reviews on iTunes. Goes a long way for us. Um, And make sure to send a DM to me. I will give you a discount on PL Plus yearly or monthly, whichever one you want. Uh, Just make sure you send a DM uh, showcasing that you left a rating or review on iTunes. All right. Kevin Gosman. Man, I wrote four paragraphs on this. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I've been doing these Twitch streams and covering all the teams. If you also want to see the whole process, you can go back. On Twitch, uh, Twitch.tv/Pitchless slash to view the the couple hours I spent on every team. And Gosman, there's a lot of debate: is he good? Is he bad? Should you go and get a draft pick on him? I'm not totally uh, sold on what to do yet. But here's here this is what happened: 12 and 10 record last year, 175 innings, 3.35 ERA, 124 WHIP, 28% K rate, 4% walk rate, and the idea. Is that there is this one number? Oh, that three sixty-four Babbitt for Gosman last year—it was historic. It has to come down, and that's correct. It, it is going to come down, likely. But it wasn't really all bad luck. You know, it's not going to have a three fifty or so next year, but it kind of was deserved. And let me get to uh let me get into this. So, really, it all comes down to the four seamer. And so what I've been doing a lot more recently, if you notice in the past couple of podcasts, is I have been really dissecting how pitchers approach lefties and righties and what their strengths are. Is it really just immune to platoon splits in some way? What's going on? We have the data to do that. And I realized that I I haven't really been doing it enough. And you're going to hear me talking in this way so much more moving forward of just how he attacks a a certain guy pitches against lefties and righties and what works and what doesn't. So Gosman. Went straight to the lefties. I was like, well, clearly, four-seamers generally perform worse against the lefties, right? We'll see with Alec Manoa how that is the case. And, well, yeah, there's a huge problem here. Uh, way too much hard contact allowed for Gosman's 4 seamer against lefties, 37%. The YM lock is an atrocity. So much middle uh, height on these pitches that, yeah, guys are just teeing off on the thing. He had an 80% strike rate. On four-seamers against lefties, Gosman, you can't throw 80% strikes. They just sit back and relax on it. I know the splitter is still so good, 52% O-swing on it, but you're making it a gamble for yourself. You have to be good with four-seamers and splitters. You can't just be good with splitters, and then, if they guess correctly, they smack the ball, right? It, that, that's a problem. He does not jam guys inside. It's more arm side, and Gosman refuses... To go up and in to lefties, I think that's a skill that Gosman needs to develop in twenty twenty three. If he just does more of the same and just kind of plopping four seamers in there and then relying on the on the splitter, no, not gonna work. It's not gonna work. So then I went over to the right handed right, and I was like, okay, I expect the four seamer to be better here. I remember back in the day he used to be really good at going up and in with the pitch. It's worse. Gosman's four seamer is worse against righties than it is lefties. Okay. These are going to be a lot of numbers I'm going to throw at you. And I normally don't like to do that. I like to just tell you how you should feel. And then every so often sprinkle them in. No, I feel like I just need to terrify you out of the gate. So, this is all Gosman's four-seamer against right-handers. Okay, that's the qualifying, whatever, the qualifiers of this. The Babbitt went from 282 in 2021... To 426. So you're like, oh, well, that's terrible luck. No, it's ex-BABIP, which was 300 the year before, so we got a little bit lucky in 2021 in the good way. Went from 371. 371 expected BABIP on four-seamers is terrible. Terrible. He deserved a lot of this. It's hard contact. 31% in 2021. Not good. 40% worse than against left-handers. That's huge. Expected average went up 60 points to 327. It's high location under 37%. These are horrible things. You should be yelling at me to stop doing this because we get the point, Nick. But it's bad. And I was so shocked to see how bad this was. So this is not a product of the home park of the turf. Not a product of the Jays defense. It is not just pure lady luck. This is Kevin Gosman having a bad four seamer. It does not have a 10% swinging strike rate. This is, oh, fix this, Gosman. And honestly, a lot of people are going to look back at this at Gosman and they say, okay, K minus walk rate is about 24%, which is elite, right? 28% K rate, 4% walk rate. They're going to say it's a 335 ERA and the whip was just high. What I see. Is someone that should have had a much higher ERA. I'm super happy how the K rates because the splitter is just so dang good. The walk rate needs to go up. Should not be a four percent walk rate. It should be like a six or seven percent walk rate. The WHIP will come down to about one ten. The ERA will be better. That's what needs to happen. You need to throw more competitive four seamers, not these in the zone. Just do what you want pitches to set up your splitter. No, no, no. Stop having 80% strike rate to left-handers with their four-seamer. I've done enough here. I mean, oh, the slider. Slider's negligent to me. I don't. I don't care about the slider. It's all about this four-seamer. So, how do you approach this, right? And I've spent this like whole podcast on just Gosman so far. This is going to go long. This is might be the longest one because there's stuff to talk about with everybody. Okay. How do you approach this with Gosman? I don't know. I don't like saying. I don't, I don't like saying this guy could be better and drafting banking on that, right? I like saying, no, I get him at a depressed value, and then hopefully he he takes that step. Considering that Gosman is going inside of the aces of dubs, right? That is a top 24 starting pitchers. I don't feel comfortable taking Gosman ahead of other guys in this range of, like, Max Freed, for example. I... Uh, I don't know where I stand with between him and like Shane Bieber and Yu Darvish and Zach Gallant. It, I haven't made up my mind yet. I will say he's gonna give you 200 plus strikeouts. He's going to give you probably an ERA that's around 3.5 or so. And the WHIP, I don't know if it's going to be dramatically better than one two four. Should probably be 1.15, 1.20, right? If, if like everything sticks around. Do what you want with that. That's on you. I, I think I, I feel as if that's good enough for me. And then having the ability to then be better than that is why he's still in my top 20. But boy, oh boy, do I hate the fact that I don't like the four-seamer. And I'm relying on a splitter. I know it's the best splitter in the majors. It is definitively the best one, most consistent one out there. But boy, I hate relying on it. (laughs) That's the situation with Gosman. Um, I don't think I'm going to have him in leagues. I think other people are going to put him like a 10 or something like that. And I'm like, okay, goodbye. Um, Alec Manoa, am I going to rank him higher than Kevin Gosman? That's a very good question. And I'm going to answer that one after this break.
0: Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Manoa had a 16-7 record
1: last year, about 197 innings after throwing about 130. Good on you, buddy. 224 ERA, 0.99 whip, but a 23% K rate, 6.5% walk rate. Manoa is a little different, but also the same. But still different, but same. And Manoa does not jam left-handers with his four-seamer. It drives me nuts. I feel like it's the biggest thing he can do to improve himself. He just doesn't do it. Uh, It's nearly 10% swing strike rate on his four-seamer against lefties. But it's 19% against right-handers. And uh, I know generally it's better. Generally right-handers, as I mentioned before... Our uh, same-armed four-seamers perform better. But man, this is a big jump, and it's, it's, it's annoying to me. The sinker for Alcmanola is this actu- is a really good pitch for him. And it doesn't grade too well because he throws it in the zone to hittable spots a lot. The movement doesn't necessarily justify it. But he gets away with it. He gets a lot of call strikes with it. And inside, he does O-swing all up the wazoo at times to righties, jams them effectively. Under 19% hard contact uh, with that sinker inside a righties. Which, I mean, just in general, to righties is really, really good. Um, it's also sub 25% to lefties, which is shocking to me because he stays arm side with it. Um, and it just kind of works. Uh, he he gets them off the plate a little bit with it. But he doesn't go up and in with the four seamer. Now, there is room for improvement in two ways. One, he goes with this change up against lefties and it's just stop doing that. This is the thing that I see a lot these days. Um, I know Ian Osaris made a really good point. Saying that look, if you're a two-pitch pitcher and you just have a mediocre third pitch, that's actually better than just not having a mediocre third pitch. But changeups getting thrown to lefties or opposite handedness just for the sake of having one is not good. Like this is a 50% strike rate on a changeup they throws 18% of the time or close to 20%. Like you can't do that. Th- those should just be sliders. And your changeup, sorry, your your sinker and your four-seamer do enough of a different movement. To be fine with that, the slider doesn't really have the skill set yet to be a back foot slider. I think that is a, an area of development for Manoa, which would mean you get more strikeouts um, and more swinging strikes in general um, if you're able to throw those sliders more consistently um, instead of those change-ups. And also moving the four-seamer to be jamming lefties more often. So I think he got a little lucky last year. You see the sub-250 Babbits for two straight years. I think that's a product of the four-seamer and the sinker, honestly being really tough to hit. And the slider movement is elite. Um, it's not getting the whiffs we want to see because I don't think that Manoa is necessarily using them right and committing it in full at the moment, but I trust this. I actually do really like Alec Manoa's skill set, and I think that the 23% strikeout, strikeout rate can go up. It should be worse next year. It should be a 225 year, right? I think, especially he, uh, given how much he got away with the, the, the sinkers, Manoa's sinkers should get hit a little bit harder this year in the zone, that kind of stuff. But he did go through moments where the sinker wasn't good. And he actually openly talked about it when he was struggling. I generally like Alec Manoa. I think he's uh, he kind of reminds me of Max Fried in good hard contact suppression, has good enough stuff that is just really tough to do, can go deep into games, and may actually have a higher ceiling strikeout wise. So I may be putting him around the Urias, Freed and uh, yeah, Urius and Fried and Manoa might be kind of the same pitchers to me. Uh, and I might be favoring Manoa. I think I'm going to be favoring Arias. I don't know. Those three of them are all linked together for me, which means I likely have them above Gaussman. Gossman. Kevin Gosman, Whatever. His name. So, yeah, I told you I was going to go long on this one because there's a lot to say about Jose Brios. I think I found it. I think I figured it out. Okay? Jose Brios is known as the Great Undulator, as from me. <laughs> I call him that. And why that is... It's actually pretty interesting. Uh, in 2021, he went 17 for 32 on quality starts. In 2022, he went 17 of 32 for quality starts. But Nick, he had a 3-5 ERA versus a 5-2-3 ERA and a 142 whip uh, and a 20% K rate. Like, that doesn't make sense. What I'm telling you is Jose Barrios kind of was the same pitcher, but the bad starts were so much worse. And the good starts weren't as good as they used to be. But his ability, the the, the back and forth kind of was the same. And there's a huge, huge aspect of why Burrios was worse in 2022. His curveball wasn't it. Curveball actually did a lot of the same whiff stuff that it normally does. There's one aspect of it that is similar. The sinker is actually an elite O-swing pitch, over 42% O-swing against right-handers. He does it the right way. And I think it's why Barrios has been really effective in the past is that he gets these outs with Singers early in counts. However, Barrios' big failure is that he threw these four-seamers and curveballs that were way too hittable early in counts. Lefties, get this, lefties four-seamers went up from 29% hard contact to 44%. And it's because he threw the pitch earlier in counts more than ever, a staggering amount from about 15% to 68%. And the ball in play percentage, early in counts. So this is essentially how often Brios throws a four-seamer in an early count, and it's a ball in play. Actually, just in general, when he throws a four-seamer, how many of them are ball in play that's early in counts? 20%. And you don't have any reference point for that. It used to be 12%. The league average is 14%. 20% is exceptionally high. What happened? Lefties, when they were up against Brios, knew that Brios was throwing four-seamers. They sold out for it. They swung at it early, and Brios gave them meatballs. He just kind of cruised those things in, and they crushed them. And what that does is, a, is multiple things. One, increases your whip, increases your ERA, Two, But three, decreases your strikeout rate because you're not getting to two-strike counts. And this happened as right-handers with Brios's curveball. His curveball was smacked in play earlier than ever. We're talking like 10, 11% before. It was 18, 19% against right-handers. And so if you're a right-hander, you expected curveballs early. If you are a left-hander, you expected four-seamers early. And batters adjusted to this. And what I think happened is that the teams that beat up on Brios knew this, and they attacked him. And the teams that didn't, didn't do it, and it was just kind of more of the same undulation. That's it to me. I think legitimately that is all that needs to be different next year. Right? And I will say also the sinker did catch too much of the zone than it usually does too. Um I think it was kind of more of a situation Barrios not having confidence in the rest of the other stuff. But when he does normally what he does, he's fine. So, it's about getting past the first couple pitches with Barrios. Finding a better way to attack the zone early. Knowing this... From here, I would think Barrios, like, they would know this in the offseason. This is adjustable. It kind of makes me in on Jose Barrios. I would think that this isn't actually a skill that is lost. Like, the curveball was the same pitch, uh, you know, by uh, by Stuff's metrics. And um, four-seamer and sinker are actually, like, good. It's the approach and locations were off. And I think that he can adjust that. So, I'm kind of in on Barrios. Um, yeah. It's going to still be a headache. I've always, I, I've been out on Barrios in the past because he's a headache and I don't really want to have him on my teams, but if he's going outside the top 200, then all right. Yeah. I want to take a chance on Barrios. Now the Jays early in the season are going against the Cardinals and they're going against the Royals. If, if Barrios is the number four, which I think he is because you have Bassett as a number three then I think he'd get the Royals in that first game, and I'm okay with that one, which then passes the test of, okay, if I'm taking a guy outside of the 16th round, am I starting him the first weekend? If I'm not, then why am I why do I have him? I think I would for Brios, So that's where I'm at with Jose Brios right now. Um, we have more. We've got more. I mean, it really is one more, and then the other ones are just laughable. Uh, it's Chris Bassett. I love Chris Bassett. 15-9 record last year, 181 uh, innings on the docket, 342 ERA, 114 whip. 22% K rate and 7% walk rate, really 6.6. I would love him as my SB4. And he's going around 150 in change for uh, for NFBC ADP, which tells me you can get him as your SB5 in 12-teamers. And this is a guy you do not drop the entire year. This is your better than Toby. Like, he is a Toby ratio-wise. I don't think he's going to have an ERA above 3.5. I don't think his whip is going to be above 115. I really don't. Um, I think his strikeout rate is going to be better than 20%. I think he's on a winning ball club. He is a kitchen sink guy. He saves his four-seamer uh, to elevate um, latent counts. I think his slider usage against righties is good, but he needs to command it a little bit better. The curveball is this big pitch that guys just cannot barrel up at all. Um, he does a great job of jamming left-handers with his, with his cutter, and the sinker gets called strikes up the wazoo. It, it's amazing to me. He is he is a sturdy, consistent pitcher. He had this really weird stretch for about four or five games where he allowed 15 earned runs and two starts, essentially. And that was it. That was like the only turmoil of Chris Bassett's season. There was like a moment he had a 3-8 ERA. I'm like, what? No, he's not a 3-8 ERA guy. It's because of that. It happens. But through the entire year, I mean, I'd much rather have a guy that has like that one or two bad start and then you can brush it aside and then you feel really good for three months than the one that is always just doing poorly, right? Chris Bassett, go and get him in your leagues. I think he's fantastic. Who is the Jays' number 5 starter, by the way? It's not Junjin Ryu. He got surgery in June. I think he's an interesting play for August and September, maybe, but you don't need to stash him in your IL, really. I think there are going to be way more guys to do for that, and uh, do you trust yourself to drop, drop Ryu when you actually need the roster spot? If you do, then fine, but I think there's too much of a temptation that you give yourself to hold on to Ryu, having held him for so long, and it's May 15th or something. Just don't draft Ryu. Just don't put yourself through that. Is it Yusei Kikuchi? Because that would be a bad thing. His slider is really good. I actually think that on paper, the slider is is elite in many ways, of O-swing and zone rate and swing strike rate. But he floats the thing up so often, and it's why he has a 25% plus hard contact rate on it, despite it being a pitch that should be like a 13% hard contact rate. Guys just are able to sit on that and crush it at times. But when he executes it, it's gorgeous. Four-seamer is not a good pitch. His cutter is not good enough. His whatever else you want to think of, not good enough. Uh, his change of sports is sub-50% strike rate despite 17% usage against the right-handers. Kikuchi is doing the same thing that Manoa is doing. Stop throwing those changeups; They're bad. Yeah, th- this is going to be one of those times where Kikuchi is going to have like one miraculous start. Everyone's going to go, "Oh my god, it's Kikuchi again." And you go, "No. Don't do this." So is it Mitch White? 99 innings last year, 5.45 ERA, right? 146 whip. He has a solid slider, but his four seamers really bad and the curveball's okay. And that's it. No. You don't want that. So is there a prospect? I think the biggest intrigue is Ricky Tedeman. Um and I reached out to Chris Clegg um, right before recording this to say, "All right, tell me what you would want." And this is why you have to really get PL Plus because you just put that in the chat and he's got this amazing answer for you. Um, he is a lefty. This is quoting directly from Chris Clegg. He's a lefty with three plus pitches or better. His fast one made a jump from Juco this year um, and sits mid 90s this year being, of course, 2022. sits mid 90s now with tons of arm side run, he has a low arm angle, which creates some deceptiveness. OK, so think of it this way. Think of it like an Andrew Heaney right now. That's all I'm thinking from this description. Lefty, low arm angle. Um, sits mid-90s. If you know Andrew Heaney, that means good VAA for the four-seamer that goes upstairs. That's awesome. Um, and there are these weird angles to both the left-handed batters and right-handed batters. He has a slider as a sweeper. Again, Andrew Heaney, lower 80s. It is mostly against the left-handed batters um, over a foot of horizontal break. Doesn't surprise me, lower arm angle, right? Changeup is his best pitch, though. And seeing Chris say that is really interesting because lower arm angle means you get a lot of horizontal break, and if this changeup is his best pitch, that's really cool. Because generally you see these low, these lower lar- uh, arm angled lefties. They're really good against left-handed batters. But if the changeup is your best pitch, that means you have a nullifier against righties. He runs in on lefties and away from righties so well. Athletic delivery. Unique release point. Gives him high end. SP2. Upside or better. Just don't like throwing the ace word around on prospects. I wouldn't be shocked if the Jays pushed him up quickly. There is no number five right now. I could, at the end of this podcast, you might hear if if between, I don't know, it's the 13th of January and the 30th when this comes out, that the Jays did something to get a number five. They need to so badly. Maybe they should get Pablo Lopez or whatever. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's gone by now the time you hear this to some other team. But you understand my point is that they don't get a number five. They can't trust Kikuchi or Mitch White. And, and Teneman clearly is doing good things. They might leave him there for about a month or so, but he might be a very intriguing stash. And the second he comes up, I am jumping on this. Um, I'm very intrigued by this guy from this review, Um, especially if you're telling me that the changeup is the best pitch from a low-ling, angled lefty. I think that's so intriguing. But all right, that is going to do it for this podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to all of these. It's been a really fun month uh, hearing all your response to the Plus Pitch Podcast being public. Thank you for the ratings and reviews. They go so far for us. Um, Make sure you do it to the main Pitchless feed, but also, of course, do it to the Plus Pitching podcast individually if you can. Um, But that's it. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your bad be low in your strikeouts high.